Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, 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 cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, August 22nd, 2022, 822-22. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big oh, Extra Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Hope everybody's doing well. Had a good weekend, refreshed, ready to roll. We've got a lot to get to today. It is officially college football week. Oh, so it'll be officially college football week for the Cats this time next week. So we're getting closer. Still not where we want to be, but getting close to a pretty darn good spot all the same. Nick Roush, how are you this morning? Um, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Had a, a, a big weekend, just jam-packed full of stuff. Uh, that was really enjoyable. Thoroughly enjoyable. I did bump knees in my old man basketball game last night, so I've got uh, I'm, I'm ho- a little hobbling around. But uh, all in all, a great weekend. And and boys, I gotta I gotta just be uh, completely honest with our crew. If if Roush plays like he did Saturday, there ain't a team that's gonna come close to us in the Big X Golf Scramble. Come on, <laughs> y'all are in trouble, listeners. I hate to tell you, come you're on. in trouble. Wow. You know, the funny thing is, is I also played well at my golf scramble on Friday, at least comparatively from the disaster that I put on the weekend before. But I made some putts. I had a chip in. We used my drive. We played it. So I ended up going to Nolan Lake. I thought we were going to Rough River. There was a house change and I was familiar with the house change. I just didn't know it involved a lake change as well. And I'm glad there was. I had a great weekend, great time. There's a little course. I've forgotten the name of it. I probably need to text my my friends to see what it was. But there's a little course we played down by Nolan Lake that was awesome that I'm sure there's some KRC listeners that are familiar with. But uh, it was like mountain golf, really short course, mm-hmm. but fun and in pretty good shape, too, for it just being like a little lake course. So, Roush, I, I was going to talk about that I played well. Don't allow me to to steal your sunshine. What were you doing well? Were you just hitting the snot out of the ball? Were you sinking some putts? 
and ultimately, how did your team do? Uh, I did a little bit of everything. The one thing I can't do that we need intern Jacob for is to uh, get the ball on the green, like 100 yards out. I had one drive that I blasted 312 yards. I mean, it was just a moonshot, just piped it. Uh, and I had a couple others. They just weren't. That was the only straight one um, that was in usable shape. Uh, but also hit a birdie putt, uh, saved our team on a par. It, it was just, it was fun because, uh, you know, it was it was our old high school alumni scramble. So not only did I get the, I think my highlight of the day was one of my my buddies. I, we were just, you know, having a cafeteria lunch room talk, if you will, uh, that sort of stuff. And at one point, he had to back away from his tee shot three times because I just kept like throwing stuff out there. So that that was fun. Uh, and the guy who's probably should have been our A golfer played the worst out of all of us. Uh, and we still shot nine under. We beat the the team we were playing against uh, by one. So got got 20 bucks off of them. Uh, had just all, all around a great day. Perfect weather Saturday morning at the Dirty Eye. It was uh it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Singing that birdie put too, I'd been kind of all over it, and I, I hit a long one on a par three, and that was uh, that was necessary. That was necessary. We we needed that to, to get that leg up. So, really, if if I can just sprinkle in a little here and there, like I did on Saturday, we're we're gonna be in great shape. Really, just dictates the the outcome and success of the scramble. Do you see those long putts go in, and it's so feast or famine because mm -hmm. if you do, like you're you're pumped up, the boys are rowdy, everybody's having a good time, and if you're the ones that hit it, it's just there's no better feeling. But even if you're on the team that does it, there's a great satisfaction with it as well. So that, that's great that you got to see it. It's it, the only the, – we, we were in a weird spot because in our second hole, my buddy had a 40-foot – I mean, we were just scrambling, praying to par the hardest par five. And he hit it like one ball rotation away from rolling into the cup. Like we, it was, it, if this was a game of uh, horseshoes or hand grenades on how close can you get it without making it, he did it. So we had this sort of false confidence in us. So we, we got some momentum from it despite not getting it on the scorecard. But um, so, so it, you, you can still capitalize a little bit even if you don't bomb all of them. All right, it was Shady Hollow Golf Course that oh, I played at. Their 18th hole is a part three, and it's kind of a little island green situation. Uh, Semi-worth a Google. But that course, if you ever have, if you're ever near it, it's 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 fun. It, it is a short course. I recommend playing from the tips. We did not just because we had the bachelor boy is like month and a half, two months into golfing. So uh, he was on our scramble team. We took on three other guys. We beat them eight under to six under, but we went into that 18th hole down only or up one, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And our first three shots, including my own, just went into the water. Island green. It, uh, I was close. I think I was pin high, but just into the water. Our other shots, no good. Our last golfer went up there and stuck it like five feet. And we, we made the birdie putt, but had he not gotten it on the green, we maybe or bogeying so instead of being seven under maybe six under that would have been a tie instead we birdie win by two and uh ended up ended up being a great oh, day but really so impressed, great really impressed with that course you all justin they had a par four guess the yardage on it 
it was it, so I'm telling you it's it's something that you wouldn't believe. 214 yards. Good guess. 185 from oh, where we counted that. <laughs> but it, it was like I'm trying to think of a hill that we could all agree on or know, but it was an it, it, the you're looking down, you're at the tee box and you're just looking pretty much as high up as your net can go up at this up at the flag at the green. It, it, it's nuts. I went four iron, missed the green, but was pin high off to the left. I think we ended up using my ball. No, I don't know if we did or if we – no, we ended up not using my ball. We took a ball on the right side of the green that allowed us to have more. But regardless, it was one of the wonkiest, wackiest holes I'd ever seen. Uh, it was fun, though. And we – since we – we ended up parring. The other team ended up bogeying. Yep, 185-yard par four. That's wild. Strictly <laughs> uphill. This would have been. This has to be one of the worst courses in America to, to have walked. Just how hilly it was. You had tee boxes that were like a mile away from one another. But y'all walked. We did not walk. But oh, I, okay. I, no, of course not. But I was just thinking to myself, there probably has to be some people that do somewhere along the way, and that would have been one of the worst ones in America. Uh, <laughs> Justin, how was your weekend? Did you get out on the links? Did you have any heroics? It was I, a little rainy on Sunday. Yeah, but we avoided it, Ralph. So it was good. Right. Yeah, no, I, I had a good weekend. Uh, you had high school football kicking back off on Friday. Um, then we had an amazing UFC event on Saturday that I was fortunate enough to watch. And then, of course, yeah, yesterday I, w- I was in a golf scramble. So we got some rain early in the morning. And unlike you all, our team did not – well, I can't say we didn't play good because we played really, really good. We just left every – freaking birdie possible out on the course we only nah. finished we only finished two under and we missed rough estimate nine or ten just great birdie looks none of us could putt yesterday so we're gonna go we're gonna Gosh. do a couple rounds of putt putt before we go play in the scramble <laughs> it was bad it's a or, good idea justin but you know the, what you, you can't hit them all you just you just can't miss them all either. That's true. But I did have a few heroics. I mean, I I land I was the only one to land on a par three twice for our team. So everybody else had already missed and I just placed it up there and, and gave us a shot at Birdie. Too bad we missed it. But yeah, it was fun. Fun scramble. The TJ, you when you mentioned your your guy sticking one, uh we had a similar situation, but it was like we had been on the par train, par four. All right, it's like, all right, guys, we got it, we gotta get out of this and have an easy approach shot. And but you couldn't really see the green. It was just, I mean you could, but you didn't see where anything landed, right? You could see the flag, and we had four seemingly good shots. But it's like I don't know. I think they all rolled off. And when we got to the top of the hill, one guy was like, ah, "I don't think I don't think our guy Mike made it," and he had stuck it like six feet from the hole. And that, that feeling of just like, yes, it's oh. Really, really gets the juices flowing. Hard, hard to replicate that in any other manner. Uh, you're, you're right. You can't. I, I had one. I probably had, not to brag, sick brag, really, the closest to the pin on the whole day. I, I stuck one within like three feet, eh, maybe three and a half, and we, we tapped it in for a birdie on one. The thrill of that, just watching the ball, being able to see it stick, I know it's a little different on blind shots like you were talking about, but being being it, but that's also great too. Roll it up to a surprise as well, mm-hmm. uh-huh. or, or uh, thinking it's good, not knowing for sure, and then getting the visual confirmation as you approach the green. That's always a great feeling as well. Uh, there's tons of them on a golf course. You just have to 
You just have to hit some good ones. And we have a feeling you will on September 2nd at the Big X Scramble. You can join us by reaching out to the email address, Big X at Yahoo, Big X Scramble at Yahoo.com. Excuse me. We'll be at Elk Run Golf Club, and that is September 2nd. Not this Friday, the Friday after that, and the shotgun start starts at 9.15. We could take on a few more teams if you want to join us, but we already have a loaded group. It's going to be a good, good day out there. Let's just fingers crossed for weather. Big X Scramble at Yahoo.com as we are talking golf to start the day. Justin, what's up? Uh, one final thing from my scramble. I did something I've never done in my life yesterday, which was really awesome. I got to write my name on the long drive sheet. Oh, that's fun. We were like the eighth group through to play that hole, and I just absolutely piped one, the furthest I've ever hit a ball. I just I felt like Bryson DeChambeau. I just reached back and touched it, and sure enough, I got to write my name down. Too bad two groups later blew by me by like 50 mm. yards, but it was cool. Oh, I was gonna, <laughs> I was wondering how how if you won if you came I would, in first. I, if, I will never ever in my life win a long drive ever. Hey, not with that attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You t- turn that frown upside down, Scoots. Hey, did um I, I listened to some of your Sanex Tigers on the Big X, TJ Justin? It sounds like uh, technologically wise, everything went off uh, smoothly on Friday. They better have. Yeah, we spent enough time trying to figure it out. It better have worked. Whoa, right. whoa! What, what what was the deal there? Scoots? Nothing. There was nothing. I just I needed to be in stu- so Friday we had to test the equipment and we had it all good to go. So Roush is still here. I leave the station. Next thing I know, I get a call um, from the guy at Saint X. He says we need to test again. So I turned around and came back. It was it was nothing. Just a lot of testing. Well, no, let's let it's you nobody, nobody cares. So, you why did you have to test again? Was he set up somewhere different? He just wanted he was no, he there? was like getting feedback into his live stream, so it really had nothing to do with the radio show, it was all just his audio into their live stream. Gotcha. Well, so. it, but everything ended up going smoothly, yeah, sounds like it, yeah, because I couldn't believe they get they were getting a ton of text messages into the radio broadcast, which was kind of interesting really? on, on Friday night. One, I can guarantee that Spears hadn't had that luxury or I don't, maybe it's, maybe it's not a luxury for him, but that wasn't he, the St. X games in previous years. You weren't having that happen. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, uh, maybe some people enjoyed that. Maybe that's going to be a thing. And what's even cooler, St. X undefeated went on the big X. Roush, one and zero, baby. Mm, one and zero. Did John did advertise it. the text line? I don't know. I, I didn't. That's wild. I mean, yeah, there's several texts on there. I, I can promise you, I don't have any plans for this Friday. I don't know that actually for sure. So don't nobody listen and hold me to that. But Play, uh, central at home. Pretty sure I don't. I'm going to be definitely tuned in to the Big X just to see how, oh. just to see what, what do you, what? Just, you, you don't want to go and support your Tigers in person? Probably not. Probably, mm-hmm. probably, especially not against Central. That's probably going to be an easy I game, know. I would imagine. I but uh, they were down to Owensboro, so maybe, maybe not. Maybe the, the Yellow Jackets will have something for them. I was talking more. I'm, I'm excited just to be able to listen on the Big X. I was unavailable on Friday night down in the woods, no service. 
Uh, although we were able to get rough and rowdy Roush, which Ooh. I mean, like we, we could spend two hours today. Forget about sports. We could just talk about TV, our weekend, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones. You know, there, there's a lot of pop culture stuff we, we could get to. But yes, I look forward to hearing St. X on the Big X. I hope it went off without a hiccup. The, no text messages was complaining. They were saying they sounded good. So, Scoots, I think all your hard work on Friday paid off big time for the for the green and gold on Friday evening. Thank God. Glad I could play an integral part of that. Roush, did you watch Rough and Rowdy on Friday? Yes. The uh, the dudes going over the rope, that's one of the most electric 10 minutes of television I've watched. I wouldn't. I don't think I've gotten that crazy since maybe uh, <laughs> a, one of the Aaron Harrison buzzer beaters. That second time they went over the rope. Amazing yeah. content. Just, just as good as TV <laughs> Does TV get the slow one? Hap- the the first one happened so slowly too. You you just it was like, wait, is it going to happen? It, it just the the two brothers. I don't I don't I don't know what their deal was, but both of those fights were hilarious because the first one that dude was just stumbling into just haymakers into his chin, and he just kept eating them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it got to that fun point in the fight where like the other guy had thrown as many hard punches that could knock him out as possible. And he was just all out. And the dude was like, I can take some. <laughs> it was, uh, they both were nuts. Those were, those were great fights. I, I did walk in late and I had to see the replay of the first fight where the dude got knocked out and the floor woke him back up. Yeah, that, that was incredible. Uh, the commentary was just so good throughout the entire evening. Uh, after a couple that I think just weren't as great, rough and rowdies that I thought last night, even with our last night, Friday night was uh, was much better. But I still would like better boxing matches, better fights. But that was that was insane. If you didn't see it, a guy they're boxing, they're fighting. Mm-hmm. These two are not they're not professional boxers. I can tell you that much. You're more likely to just Probably the probably people that shouldn't be boxing, but they're out there. They're boxing. This it was guy also uh, to paint a picture. One guy was m- like chubby man boobs, and the other guy was in really good shape, just like throwing f- punches as fast and as furiously as possible. Yeah, not not great boxing technique, but uh, one of the guys just he he caught a punch right in the jaw. You could tell that the lights go out. As he's like falling sideways, he's almost perfectly straight. And it's like, okay, well, that's not great. And he's knocked out, so he's not going to get his hands down to be able to stop his fall. Let's see how this plays out. It plays out as you would imagine. And he hits the ground as hard as possible. Now, of course, boxing grounds, wrestling grounds, they're a little softer. It's not like your cement, but it also probably wouldn't feel amazing. So he hits it just completely sideways, doesn't get his hands out there to stop his fall whatsoever. The hit of the fall alerts him back up, or like wakes him back up, as Roush said, and he he just basically bounces up and is like back in the fight. You can tell he's like a little dazed, but understands like kind of what's going on, but yeah, you had Dave Portnoy be like, he just got knocked out. I was a little, I, I'm sure they sign away every little thing. But I was thinking, like, oh, wow, one of the owners of this is openly talking about how somebody's knocked out and they're still going out there to be able to fight. I hope that's not a lawsuit somewhere down the road. Yeah, well, that's what the refs are there for. Like, if the guy can get up and 
you know, look the ref in the eye, you know, and he and he's not seeing stars, and they're good to go. They're good to go. But that was electric. I mean, that was electric too. Yeah. And he, even kind of when concussed, he started actually fighting a little bit better. If you're being honest, he ended up losing, but uh, fought really well after getting knocked out. I, I was very worried. Uh, after, so you had the guys go over the ropes twice. The second one, they almost it was almost like going into the table. They were they were very close to that. Uh, kind of like WWE, where they'll they'll knock the stuff off the table and then. Uh, throw people into it or whatever where the announcers are sitting i was very worried a few times about the ropes in that last fight because uh coach Duggs was eating some punches and he was getting a little wobbly that was uh that was as rough as i thought it would be yeah that fight may be a little bit better than i thought it was going to be maybe it's an expectations thing but still i, I think it uh i still think you got to have something better than that um for your premier fight, but good TV night yeah. for rough and rowdy. I, I have to talk about another TV night that is wild. We we're I'm gonna, we're going to take a break from nonsense. We're going to get into sports, but mm-hmm. the scrimmage was Saturday. Yeah, stuff. there's there and there's plenty of news. Fast and Furious, and I was a little out of like the sports world to some degree. So Roush, you're gonna you're gonna tell us what's what. We're gonna all react to it together. Although I at least know the headlines, you're just going to tell us some of the details on it. But the TV show, the rehearsal, which we've discussed here briefly, mm-hmm. it, was it a had finale their, on Sunday. It, it had their series finale, and it's a it, it is as as controversial as a TV show as I can remember watching. It uh, it was a wild wild finish on Friday night. At some point, I'm going to bring it up and talk about it. And then the wife was like telling me about all the the wild and craziness that goes into child acting. And I guess it's something that I never really thought about, but holy smokes, I've got some takes on that. So again, this is a sports radio show. So we're going to hit a break. I'm going to hit a Thornton's, come back, get some coffee, some fresh donuts, some fresh fruit. They've got it all at Thornton's, including gasoline. Not sure if you knew that or not, but when we return, we get into sports, but just know, there's non-sports looming in the horizon. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Sports or non-sports? We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call, a big X-Sports race. Roll We are the Sultans. We are the Sultans of Swing. People will come, Ray. They'll come to-, to Kentucky Roll Call. For reasons they can't even fathom. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Export Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. It's, uh, I've enjoyed this weather. Knock on wood. I think it's going to get a little hotter this weekend. That's okay. You expect it kind of to be hot in August. But another weekend with the weather being pretty nice, I can only assume it's going to be a beautiful sunny day. 
when we get out there for the big X scramble, you're going to want your Shady Rays. I would not have been caught dead with them when I was at the lake this past weekend. They were lifesavers, whether I was on the golf course or out on the water. You're going to want yours. Go to ShadyRays.com. Big X promo code, 25% off. And they have selections for each and every occasion. And remember, when you buy, you're buying with confidence. If you lose them, you break them. Or you just want another pair. They do replacement pairs. It's great. You pay a small processing fee. It's all online. Super easy. And then you just get your same order you just had sent to you. So uh, it's the perfect little wink, wink. Hey, I got you a gift. I got you three pairs of sunglasses. Knowing you also maybe are getting yourself three pairs of sunglasses. Shady Rays, Kentucky Company, ShadyRays.com. All right, Roush. Uh, seems like everybody on the football team is suspended and they will have no players for week one. Is that true? No, false. Oh, false. Whew, man. And uh, I'm also, uh, the news that came out was the, this is the, the latest of what we're hearing, but nothing set in stone still. Um, I would imagine that Mark Stoops, would do that at his week one press conference, which is slated to take place at noon one week from today. Uh, because the news that my former ex-boss Matt Jones reported Friday is that Chris Rodriguez is expected to miss three to four games, which I, I, I don't, you know, three or four, uh, kind of a big difference because if you at least get that fourth game, he can get a couple carries under his belt. Uh, before going down to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford to play Ole Miss. So that would be you, – you'd much rather see that. Uh, but there's also um, potential that it could be a defensive player as well. Jordan Wright is the name mentioned, uh, who could miss a game. And uh, I, I would imagine Rasan Lewis would probably miss that first game as well, even though he's not uh, starting or in the rotation. But uh, that that's kind of where things sit as of now, but nothing is – like I said, set in stone. Um, that Matt let that out Friday. I, I know uh, there had been some rumblings about three to four coming out uh, late Friday afternoon. I didn't get too worked up over the news dump, though, TJ, just because th there isn't any concrete information. And I, I got even less, I don't know, if, uh, worried is the right word, but Ramon Jefferson had another – Great, I don't know if great's the right word, but he 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 looked a part of a guy that could fill in Rodriguez's shoes well during Saturday's scrimmage. So I'm I'm still uh, confident Kentucky can go down and win at Florida, even if Chris Rodriguez is unable to play. Okay, well, uh, lots to take in there. Suspensions, not good, not what we're not what we're looking for does happen. UK won't be the only team that's having to deal with stuff like this when you've got 70 to 80 players more when you conclude support staff and student managers, stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, stuff's going to happen. Not that it's ever ideal or not that you ever really want to have to mess with it. What's the Jordan Wright suspension coming from? It's supposed to be related to the same stuff that Chris is in trouble for. Gotcha. Yeah. And then... I feel like, I mean, not ideal not having him. This Miami game, he should be okay. No, it, you'll 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 get through that one without him. Right. So, Rajon Lewis not in the rotation? No, 
No, hasn't been. They recruited over him. Um, I so. thought he was doing some like solid things in the spring. Eh, he was a fall camp superstar last year, but I'm, and even if he was doing some things in the spring, that's that 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 changed once Barry on Brown got to campus. Um, and if you're going to play, because like Lewis is a fast little guy, if you're going to play somebody fast, just play Jordan Anthony. You know, so but they've got other options that are taking up scholarships and not walk ons. You. T- typically prioritize them. Apparently, Chauncey Magwood played well, flashed some on Saturday, um, had a couple big receptions. He he strikes me as the second slot behind Tavian Robinson. Uh, but D- Dan Key had, had a, an impressive touchdown um, from what I understand. And uh, the, big, the big development, uh, there's two. One, one of them, I, I think, is the news of Saturday. But the, the, from a pass-catching element, from the tight end's perspective, they got a ton of hype early on in camp because it's like, man, there's so many guys. Who's going to be the one that emerges from all of them? And it sounds like it's the guy who's played the least of them all, and that's Jordan Dingle. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't get an exact number on how many catches he had, but his stonks seem to be through the roof. Uh, not only does he have kind of the the pass catching ability of an Isaiah Cummings, but he's a big dude who can block and, and lay down the hammer. So. If anybody is really popped throughout camp and, and really taking steps forward, it sounds like Jordan Dingle, um, hell, might even be one, one of Will Levis's most reliable targets out there right now as we enter the final two weeks of the preseason. Do you make anything of that? Like, uh, could that be an indication of anybody else at the position? Or is it just, hey, that's what, that's why you practice. That's why these things happen. People step up. Sometimes it's a little bit more surprising than you'd anticipate. Uh, anything to make of it? So this is a good question, TJ, because it really applies to the next position I want to get to. Um, it, I think it's a little bit of yes and no. Like Keaton Upshaw, I expected more from him, but I, I really think the injuries are just – maybe they're causing a little hesitancy. Maybe he's a little bit slow. But I also think some of it is – they recruited this guy as a – I mean, he was a – he's their highest-ranked tight end in C.J. Conrad. And he, he's got that athleticism, that physicality. He was a two-way guy uh, in high school who also played in the Final Four of the Sweet 16 in basketball. Like, he had the right credentials to make this leap. But I just wasn't – with so many guys in there, I wasn't sure it with limited opportunities he would – be so good so often that in those limited opportunities, he would kind of emerge as one of the guys. Uh, so I think that's just a testament to to him as a player and what he can bring to the table. So I, I'm excited because in that Miami game, you can afford to, uh, you know, everybody can play, but you're at least going to have those first two or three drives where these are the guys that you're probably going to count on regularly. And I think that's what we saw in the scrimmage Saturday. Um, when I asked Rich Scangarello last week, like, what do you want to see in the first or in the second scrimmage you didn't see in the first? And it was like, we just got to have the guys that are going to be playing around Will all in at once and, and kind of see what happens. It sounds like the offense did take that step forward once they got their guys in place. Um, the only big... Uh, omission was Kenneth Horsey dealing with the little minor injury stuff. Uh, but that's not really a problem because Jagger Burton 
has, like they they were going to find ways for Jagger Burton to play regardless. So uh, for for one week, like it sounds like Horsey should be fine, but uh, by week two, but for the most part, they've got their guys in place. The offense looked a lot better. Levis was more crisp, um, and that, that's that's what you wanted to see. You wanted to see their progression throughout camp uh, as they started to get more well acquainted with one another. Yeah, UK football fans, if you were waiting for a a report or a practice where people were praising Levis and you heard good things about him, which you can take for granted. And, and I think a comparison of that, Browse, you can correct me if this isn't a great comparison, but I think it's at least solid enough, is like an Oscar Shibway in basketball with when he was playing down in the Bahamas where he was good. At some points he led the game in stats. He did the normal Oscar Shibway thing. He was solid. You saw maybe a little bit more. He, he took a couple threes. I don't know how many he ended up hitting of them. But it, it, there was a few games where it was just like, all right, Oscar's great. He's fine. We know he's such a sure thing. I feel like we do that with Will Levis where mm-hmm. all of our success for our, our, our hopes when thinking about UK's upcoming season rely on him being a really, really good quarterback. And we just assume that he will be. Uh, and he probably and he probably should be. He did. He 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 showed a lot last season. Mock drafts seem high on him. Uh, people are kind of polarized one way or another for college football. But there's plenty of people that think very highly of him as one of the top quarterbacks in the country, one of the top ten quarterbacks in the country, one of the top quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference. But it, you still wanted to hear a good report, Roush. Yeah. We, we can take it for granted. We know that he's probably the leader of the offense. We know that he can do a lot of things with his legs. You won't hear a lot about that in practices. But it was good to hear. It, and you and I, we can bicker about accuracy versus arm strength mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. But it's still good to, good, to, good to hear a report that, hey, he was crisp. He did what he needed to do. And the offense caught on around him. It it. it, it the rest of the offense, you could tell, also had a good day. It's not such a coincidence that your quarterback also had a good day. So it was good to hear. That made me happy. Yeah, and I, I think the other we're, – we're not going to get Mark Stoops to say it out loud. Um, you know, he's like, we're going to have a depth chart, and you're going to see there. And I'm sure it's going to be like a bunch of uh, oars on there at that running back position. But I, I think it's very similar with Ramon Jefferson where – there's a lot of guys that you like and you see, but then it's like, all right, we need to we need to te- we need to put the lights on and, and see how everybody actually does perform. Um, we like what we've got, but let's let's go out there and test it. And I think the reason why Jefferson has emerged ahead of those other guys slightly is just because I think he gives you more of what Chris gives you than anything else, and that's. Just that ability to the, the hard to tackle ability because he's so low. There's just not a lot of guy to hit. He's a really physical runner, and he's got enough pop to be a a big play guy. So I um I I think his like that. That's why you went out there and you got a guy like that, right? It's for this Florida game, just in case you you didn't have Chris. You have a guy like Jefferson who not only knows this system, is pretty well acquainted with it, pretty well acquainted with the style, but but also can give you those those hard-fought yards, whereas those other running backs in your room, probably a little bit more big play guys uh, instead of we need to get three yards and move the sticks. I want to ask you this, and I just don't want, to, don't want it to be butt-slapper radio, but the weekend that we hear that, hey, 
we were hoping maybe it'd just be a game, maybe nothing at all, but it's going to turn out that Chris Rodriguez is going to miss extended time. But don't worry, everybody, because Ramon Jefferson was a stud. I think opposing fans would say, oh, isn't that coincidental? There's a reason they brought the guy in. They liked enough, at least, that they thought he could contribute. But address that, Roush, that isn't that a coincidence when we find out, as Lucy's letting her opinion be known on the matter. Mm -hmm. But She's got some takes. Don't you, don't you think that an outsider could say, oh, well, of course they're going to speak highly of a running back. They need a running back to step up now. I, for the most part, uh, TJ, I think that that's just a um, – I, I understand that. like, I, And especially, you know, when Kentucky's coaching staff is so comfortable with certain sources on the matter, right? Like they're, they're, they're very eager to – get things out there. But I, I I legitimately think that they've been pretty high on Jefferson. Like the, the first week of camp, you heard some stuff. They're probably just more active and wanting to get that out there now. Like I, 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 don't, I don't think it's anything in the, that's changed in the way of the game. I do think that's a – you're on to something there. But I, I don't think that that should be a knock on Ramon Jefferson as a player. Like he was an All-American last year at the FCS level. You know? Yeah, and I wasn't trying to make it a knock on him as a player. He could be really, really good. I, I, if you know, if just to look at it from a Louisville situation, if Malik Cunningham was going to be suspended a few games, but the first practice report, Jody Dimling was saying this backup that they brought in from FCS, though he's really surprised people. We'd all be like, okay, I'll believe it when we see it. Running backs a little bit different. UK's got a stable of running backs, so if it's not Jefferson. It could theoretically just be somebody else. So that that's what gives me maybe a little bit more confidence that there is total legitimacy to this is because if it wasn't him, it, it probably could have been somebody else. Um, right, yeah. There, there's, there, are, there are a lot of options there. And Will Jefferson, e- even if he's getting complimented, I don't know. I don't think anybody's saying he's Chris Rodriguez, Roush. No, no, they're not. And, and where this um, – I think – Part of the reason why you would say that Jefferson really popped in the scrimmage, too, is it's kind of like Chris, uh, the way Liam Cohen would put it last year when talking about Chris Rodriguez. You, with these guys who just mow over defenders, you can't tell when they're tapping off during regular practices. Like, they're they're not tackling guys to the ground except for twice in the preseason. Uh, so it, it's hard to see how – how, how well they're going to play until you turn the lights on. And, and that was probably the case on Saturday where I bet Jefferson had three or four plays that are like, oh, okay. So that's that's why we brought him in, right? Because like even, you know, your Jacquez Joneses or some of those big guys, they're struggling to bring him down. Like So I, I think that's probably the biggest reason why we, we started hearing more stuff. Uh, that and just the timing of the Chris stuff. Well said. Give me the state of the football stonks right now because it seems like on one hand, suspension City USA. On the other hand, seems like the scrimmages have been a success. Of course, one side would need to win. Means the other side maybe not doing as well. But we've heard the defense praise big time. Now the offense you're hearing good things about. You've got some compliments of Will Levis, backup running back. So even with the suspensions, Roush, where, where – are you buying? Are you selling? Is momentum high? Is it kind of a wait and see approach heading into the season? The Cats are twelve days away, I believe. Where where's the momentum meter at? I would say like 
6.8 out of 10 because there was one piece of uh one piece of news from the trenches that did surprise me um maybe not in the best way and that's who was starting at left tackle uh David oh. Wallabaugh was the player that emerged with the one starting at left tackle which he was always the guy that like if if I played out this in the spring, right? My ideal scenario for how left tackle, how how play at tackle was going to work. It was going to be Buford starts for the first five or six weeks, then Keontae Goodwin takes over. David Wallabaugh is the rotational guy. He can be your swing tackle. He's going to play a lot of minutes. He can play right or left. Good player, but not a starter. Well, Wallaball was starting left, and Buford was at right tackle with the twos on Saturday. Which Wallaball, I mean, if if the way that Rich put put it the other day, that that just affirms for me that Wallaball is going to be the day one starter while Keontae gets a lot of the second reps. From a recruiting profile standpoint, he's not that much different than what Buford is when they came in. He's just a year younger. Um, I've always liked what I've seen, but I don't know if he is necessarily built. Like he, he always struck me as a guy that would move more inside rather than stay outside. But the way that they talked about Buford's play, it sounds like he just can't pass that very well out there on the edge. Um, and that Wallabaugh might be a little more agile enough to be able to handle those, those pass rushers. So that that concern at left tackle, it's still there for me. I'm glad they've at least decided to pick a guy and seemingly roll with him after uh, uncertainty through the first two and a half weeks or so of preseason camp. Uh, but you know, well, that that's uh, that question mark did not get erased at, at fall camp. What's the deal with Keontae Goodwin? Haven't heard his his name much this summer. Uh, he played at Charlestown High School last year, Scoots. Yeah, now I know that. Right, like that—that—that's that, the deal with him. Is that okay? I mean, when I talked to him at Media Day, Scoots, he was just like, for the first time in his life, he's hitting people in football games. They aren't just yeah. like running from him or falling down. So he—he he had a lot of reps to make up for, and I—I I think that, that's why I said in an ideal situation, either Buford or uh, ideally be Buford, but either Buford or Wallaball just buys him some time because Goodwin's going to play. In that this Miami year? of Ohio game. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's he's going to play. I, and I, I would imagine he's going to play in all of these games, some series here and there, just because he he needs to. Like, he has the strength. He's good in one-on-one situations. But he doesn't – he hasn't seen what opposing defenses will do to you, the twists, the stunts, the blitzes. He just has to go out there and get reps, and he doesn't have enough to be the full-time starter right away. You kind of got to ease him into that. Because uh, if you don't ease him into it, then you could – like Carrington Valentine couldn't get eased into it last year. It was just kind of trial by fire, and then he ended up swimming and he was struggling. You don't want to lose that confidence early on in the season. Makes sense. Safe to say that you feel a lot better about the interior of the offensive line than the tackles? Yeah. Yes. But Flax apparently on the right side has played well. Like I, I and I'm and I'm not worried about Kentucky's ability to run block. It's really, it's really just making sure Levis is protected. Uh, and you know what? Thanks to one Sandra Bullock movie, everybody knows that it's you got to have a good blind side. Am I right, TJ? No, everybody, everybody knows that, Roush. 
Don't right. get me fired up, y'all. Why would you and, get fired? Did, talking about Sandra Bullock in the blind side? Whew. Oh, I thought we were talking about the proposal. Oh. <laughs> by the way, that is... Uh, if you haven't watched that one in a while, it's good. It's good stuff. There are there are some there are some laughs with that movie. Uh, all right, well, good good football analysis breaking down some of the suspensions or possible suspensions, and then of course Saturday scrimmage, uh, and season will be here before you know it. Caps will take on Miami if there's a game. That is, <laughs> I do wonder if that is a scheduling philosophy, Roush, where it's like you know I, I know. The old Kentucky roll call boys are conflicted on whether or not we should keep scheduling cupcakes or if we should have a big out of conference game. But sometimes when you have a cupcake to start the season, it's nice if you have any off season issues, you can just bada boom, bada bing, boom, you're out for that one. <laughs> not as big as a deal than if you're facing another Power Five conference and some sort of kickoff classic, Roush. Right, right. It, um, <laughs> it's uh, the old Adam Sandler, you know, you got to start with popcorn steak. It's uh, it's not a bad strategy if that's, if that's what they're attempting to do. But not having Rodriguez for the Florida game, I think it makes it incredibly harder to win. But I, I was of the belief this game was going to be pretty difficult to win. Any, I think any time Kentucky's going to play on the road in football at Florida, it's going to be a challenging game to win. I don't. If UK is ever at a spot where we look at that one as an easy win, we can gloss over it then probably both things are true that UK's program has taken steps in an unreal direction, one that we'd all be thrilled in. And, but also I think it'd have to be Florida would also have to take some steps backward. Uh, So that's going to be a tough game and it makes it even tougher without Rodriguez, no doubt about it. I I, I'm with you. I, I think there is a bigger deal with the three or four game than people think. If you can get him for Ole Miss regardless, I think that's a big deal. But if you can let him shake a little bit of rust off, right. have to make Ole Miss prepare for all sorts of tape, which they may have to do regardless, but uh, you show them a little bit of 2022, they have to go back and still watch all the 2021 stuff. That could be nice. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully the fewer game suspension, the more. Uh, are you ready to tell us what, what the what the deal is, what the what the issue is? Oh, I still don't know. Roush, come on. I mean, everybody just assume like the the assumption that everybody I think is operating under. I don't know if it's true that he like was one of a few football players that did a UK healthcare job, but just didn't go to work for it. It was like the it's like how you know people got away with paying players back in the eighties. But I, I you know I. Uh, can't say for certainty one way or another if that's true because i was also told uh when that initially came out that it wasn't true so i yeah i don't know but that that that's the kind of uh thing that everybody's uh the assumption everybody's working under that's roush's yeah. equivalent of saying he hasn't seen him oh don't let's not get that <laughs> let's not get that can of worms started back up again uh yeah i i've, I've heard those rumors as well just basically like similar to a punching in when you weren't really working sort of situation. And that's, that's not ideal. I do wonder though, like who, who's making the suspension regardless of exactly what he did, what he didn't right, do. Right. Right. It sounds like Mitch is in on it. Right. Well, he, he made that point that he's like, you know, what he, uh, 
What did he say? During his press conference, he said that we'll be a part. Nothing set in stone, but we'll be a part of that conversation. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, that would make you think that he he's going to be a part of the conversation. But I, I feel like you're going to probably have some finger pointing on the blame if we haven't already. I, I could see... Some people saying maybe it was Mitch. Mitch was the one who said you got to have some. You got to have some sort of punishment. Maybe it was the university saying, "Hey, this is this is past athletics. This is a student who said he was doing something." Blah blah blah. I, I don't know. Maybe you could make a case. It's that. Maybe I I, I am curious when it, when the dust settles. Who says? Is UK football going to say, you know what? It was our call. We, he deserved to be suspended those games. Or are they going to come out and say, we we got to do what the university tells us to do. We've got bosses. We got to listen to them. We'll be excited. I am going to be anxious to see some of those angles, Roush, when it happens. Yeah. and But I also don't know. Like they, They've been so tight-lipped on everything in this matter that I, I can really just see them keeping mom the word as long as possible. Um, may, maybe, and I mean, even Chris, I can't, I can't imagine him going out and throwing blame or, sh- you know, or anything like that out either. Once he finally does an interview or something like that, it's just the way this thing has played out. So unusually, um, hell, I wouldn't even be surprised if Stoops, uh, didn't announce anything before the season at this point. Like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, that was going to be my next question, and we need to end hour number one and get back into hour number two is th- not to not to open up that can of worms, but it, it, I wonder if they are going to do that. Like, if you're going to go into Miami, Ohio, and, have, and Soup just say, hey, we're, we're in wait and see ourselves. If he's ready to go, you know, he's we'll be ready to use him, but we'll just have to – I do wonder if he's going to go into it a game-by-game game sort of deal because that could be annoying for some folks. I wouldn't love it personally. I, I, I think what will happen is Stoops will just let the depth chart do the talking. Like, Chris Rodriguez isn't on the depth chart. He's not playing. Like, there's uh, your answer. Yeah, and then he I won't say anything that. else on it. And then one week, Chris Rodriguez is just on that depth chart. So basically, it's going to be a Big J sprint every Monday. We're just going to be hitting refresh, to, trying to be the first one to say to see if he's on the depth chart or not. Good luck beating Jeff the Jet Drummond on getting the depth chart tweeted out there. Good no, luck. No. He's he does the screen cap from the iPad. He's quick. He's he's, he quick on it. he's impressive with the way he gets it out there. All right, and I don't know. Will people still be annoyed with that if the head coach just doesn't come out and say what it is? I won't really care because if we're able to catch on to the depth chart, then we'll have our answer that way. But I would like to, I, I don't, that's the thing. I don't want to go into a game and him not be on the depth chart and then play. At that point, though, nobody's going to really care. We're not going to come into the show on Monday and be like, we were lied to. We weren't expecting him. And then he was. Instead, we'll be like, hey, he's back. Sweet. We weren't expecting him. And then he played. That was awesome. So we won't really care if they do it that way. I will say, though, if folks are like, if he's on the depth chart and people are expecting him and then the team goes out there and you're not seeing him warm up on the first Saturday or, the, or you know, down in the swamp despite him being on the depth chart, then I think you're going to see people upset. But we could cross that bridge when we get to it if it happens. But sounds like a three or four game suspension for Chris Rodriguez, Jordan Wright, potentially another offensive player, maybe one game suspensions. But 
still a lot of positivity around the UK football program, believe it or not. All right, we have a jam-packed Thornton text line. Keep them coming in, 502-414-1450. And we've got a fun second hour plan for you. I've got to talk about this TV show that we have discussed a time or two. And we won't spend more than five minutes on it. It'll be a quick discussion. And then we've got more sports to get to. Uh, fun weekend, more to talk about. Football getting closer and closer. And like I said, the Thornton Stex line. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Hey, Coming up next, Nick Roush, Justin Kayla. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. Look out. 96.1 96.1 FM, 14.50 on the AM dial. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. A replay of KRC goes 9 to 11. And you can tell Alexa to play Big X Sports Radio. We're on the TuneIn app. You can go to BigXSportsRadio.com. Plenty of ways to listen to Kentucky Roll Call here on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, all having fun, having a good day. And excited to have you with us. Uh, from the basketball side of things, Roush, you gonna Kingsley on on Ye, on on way on Yenso on Yenso. Excuse me, mm-hmm. pardon me. He's there. He's on campus. He's he made, made it. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, there. We go. He that's made all it. the ba- that's all the basketball news. I think we got. Yep, he did it. He made it. Uh, we're going to get maybe a little bit of football news today, but not a ton. Uh, the kickoff luncheons today at Churchill Downs. Are, are you one of the esteemed alumnus, alum, alumni that will be in attendance, TJ? No, but I always loved covering it as a media member because I only had to drive 10 minutes instead of an hour. Yeah, and great. honestly, if like I had a group of friends that was interested in going, I, w- I would go. It's, it's not like the most informative thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, I think, an excuse to get out of work. Yep. And I'm not somebody that needs excuses to get out of work. I will not be there, but I, I've always thought it's a, it's a nice little event. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, that was where we had Stoops uh, call the last year. He said that there was a few hiccups this offseason, and Mangus and the sheriff just lost their minds. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that was fun. Maybe he'll say something else to take him off this year. Yeah, uh, who who knows what it'll be. And then uh, not too long after that, they're doing like the John Calipari, Kenny Payne mm-hmm. thing in Louisville. Uh, so I'm sure you'll have plenty of media to go to that. But you'll be there, right? You'll be there yes. today. Yes, I'll be there. So um, I, I don't think the media get a table. So my green beans uh, and stuffed chicken with the little uh, red potatoes, going to have to wait another year for that. Well, that was, I mean, the go-to meal every time at the Gold yes. House. The Gold House, they wouldn't promise media a table, but they were like, we may have a table. You may be able to get a table. That's and an overrated meal. 
and normally we'd be able every time i went we did get a meal they'd sit us at like the back but this year they're just telling you no off the bat yep yep they said yeah we can't we can't do media meals so eat before and then we'll see you uh you you can hang out but we can't promise you a meal even though i have a feeling that some member of the wait staff is going to show up with like extra plates be like hey y'all want any so yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous feed the media yeah well, you know what we're, we <laughs> they joke about it. it's like the 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 jewish grandmother like uh you, you ain't got any you need to get some meat on your bones us media members we we really are starving out here we're famishing ourselves what if they allowed you all to have all you can eat jello and take home as much glue as you could um i'm I'm good on all you can eat jello. Like I, 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 all I can eat jello is like a couple bites, and I'm good on jello. <laughs> okay, so that's all you could eat, just a few bites. Yeah, I'm the but same. You would, you would take the glue, though. Yeah, I mean, you never know when I'm going to need that glue. Your wife's an art teacher. The glue, you can't have enough glue. Well, not an art teacher anymore. She's a graph. I don't even know what. I, I don't even know how to describe the new. She thing still she is a teacher of arts because she makes crafts all the time. I bet she's taught you something in the last week. Oh man, we tried to do crowd molding yesterday. Just uh, say save that for the experts. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Well, God bless you all for even taking it on. I th- we, you know, we thought we because in theory it's like, well, these are just boards. You just gotta. We got a nail gun. We got a saw. We can put them up. Um, the, the crown molding boards, very pliable, very hard to get them lined up. We, we, we did two of them and we we're like, Oh God, these are way off here. Now we've got an idea. This will work. Surely this will work this time. Um, and we put one up we're like, yeah, we're, we got this. And then when we went to hold up the next one next to it, it was like, Oh God, this is a disaster. Let's just, we'll pay the contractor. <laughs> this is just, oh. why, why even try? Well, Good on you all for even chat, even taking it on. Oh, man. That would be hard. Yes, yes, very hard. But uh, yeah, so we're still doing some crafts. Still, the house is uh, it's coming along. We're trying to get some done stuff done this week. Duke is down in Florida with Grandma, Grammy, and Papa. So uh, parents' week out. Uh, a lot of fun activities. Actually, have a a. a a couple nights in Lexington this week coming up. So it's a, it's a busy week as we, uh, as we get the final week before game week. So very, very fired up for week zero. What's going on in Lexington. We're doing i I'm going to a charity fundraiser thing, uh, Thursday for Thursday's child. And then, uh, Wednesday it's, I, I, I don't know what Wednesday is. It's some sort of nil thing. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of, I have no idea what to expect, but it it should be pretty fun. Well, were you up in Lexington Saturday? I was not. No, no, that was um, that was my my golf scramble day. So I, right. that was my that was my final Saturday off. I think before the season gets going, uh, just with classes officially starting at UK, the 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 media members in Lexington, and just your general Lexington residents, whole different city when oh. classes are in session. <laughs> Just driving around last week um, on Broadway, trying to get in and out of town, I was reminded, like, instead of going Broadway in, it's now Newtown Pike or, you know, Leastown Road to Old Frankfurt Pike to get in and out of town because the main drags are just 
a constant cluster. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, it's that it's that Maybe time of the Jacob ruining the city of Lexington. Uh, I wonder what he's up to today. Hopefully skipping class. It's syllabus day. You don't need to go to syllabus day. Yeah, but it's also an easy day just to go there and sit there, grab a piece of paper, and then you get the heck out of there. That was that was mine. Like some people were too cool for syllabus day. I enjoyed syllabus day. It was after that that I wanted to I had to fight the urge to skip. Yeah. Okay. Um, back to school, everybody. Get back on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Uh, let's go ahead and read a few of these, see what we got. A texter from Friday's show, which I was out of, says, TJ and Roush, if tuition for high school goes up to like 20000 per year, isn't it already like that? Uh, are you, A, dropping money for them to go to a private school, or B, do you move to Oldham County since JCPS is basically a prison? I don't think JCPS is basically a prison. I do wish JCPS was better better managed and ran a little bit better, uh, just because I wish people in Jefferson County had better schooling options. But I don't know, Plumley bro. I'd have to cross that bridge when yeah. we get to it. Luckily, I've got like uh, 14 16. years. Yeah, yeah. I've got quite a time to, to figure that out. Um, yeah. And also... I'm more like I'm more inclined to play pay for private school at a younger age. Whereas like high school, how much am I sheltering them from at high school if I can at least get them into a decent JCPS high school? Like Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you that most likely private younger school seems seems very likely. And then at high school I'll probably let the kid have a, a say right. in where they'd want to go. But I would probably lean towards heading to like Oldham or Shelby County uh, more likely than, than going to JCPS in its current state. But again, 15 years, 14 years from now, who knows? JCPS could be awesome. Could be amazing. Mm-hmm. Hope it is. Boy, these beasts here. Ooh, this is for Justin. What did you think about the end of the Usman Edwards fight? That was one of the craziest endings I've ever seen. It completely changes Usman's legacy. So Justin, Fill us in here because I did I, – I just – in a group chat, I heard it was crazy but did not stay up to watch it. Yeah, it was absolutely bonkers. Usman pretty well did what he did to everybody or he's done to everybody. He just outclassed him for four, almost five rounds. I mean, they were writing Leon Edwards' eulogy for the last two rounds. And then about a minute left, Usman like dipped down to the right to throw a punch, but Edwards timed it perfectly with a left kick right to the head. Usman's lights went out. Place went nuts. That was one of the wildest things I've ever seen because Usman lost, and then there was another guy on this card, Romanov. He was undefeated in the UFC. He lost as well. So both of them to lose on the same night was just absolutely bonkers. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I don't think, however, it changes Usman's legacy because he'll come right back the next time, refight Edwards, and he'll stomp him into the ground for five rounds. So I, I don't think it hurts his legacy, but yeah, awesome, awesome end to the fight. I know gamblers were upset because favorites, big favorites, lost. So, uh... oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's on them for not betting underdogs. I had a bet on Leon Edwards. Anytime there's somebody who's comp a comparable opponent. To who he's fighting, I don't. I don't care about the odds. Like I, I want that underdog. He was like plus three eighty or something. It's, it's ridiculous. So you do care about the odds. I mean, yeah, I care about if they're that high. Yeah, you you go for the juice. I go for the juice. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it paid you. off. So cool. Did you? 
Did you have a little party to watch it? Did you ha- throw back some splatty platties? I was drinking a few beers. No, I was actually out at my dad's um, because it was a lot closer to the scramble course we had to play on Sunday morning. So I didn't even think I was going to be able to watch the fights because the internet out there is not great. But somehow I was able to pull them up on my phone and watch them all. So, yeah, it was, it was a great time. Good. Just me, my, me, myself, and I. Well, there's 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 nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right, Roush, I want to bring this up. I want to bring up the Nathan for you stuff. Yep. Well, it's not Nathan for you. It's the rehearsal. But Nathan Fielder, who got popular on his Comedy Central show, Nathan for you, and was actually popular before then. But uh, it has an HBO show called The Rehearsal. It's my cup of comedy for the most part. Uh, the premise of the show, not really overly important, but a quick synopsis is basically like people that have stuff in their lives that they want help on, kind of like that podcast heavyweight um, that I've talked about in the past, if you've been a KRC listener for a long time. But like basically people that wanted help with something, they reached out in this instance for the rehearsal to Nathan Fielder to rehearse what they are what they need help with. So for one example, this is how it started off. And this is probably how he thought it was going to go when he started the show. But like one person wanted to tell his trivia team member that he didn't really have a master's degree. So they like set up the scenario of where they would be when he told this woman that he didn't have a master's degree and they practice it and they practice it and they practice it. And the humor is in the practicing. And then when like the bright lights are on, it made for great television. Sounds like fun. Do they yeah. also film the actual scenario when he yeah. confronts yeah. that person? Yes. And okay. it's hilarious. And that's episode one. And it's great. And it's hilarious. Episode two is this lady wants to be a mom, but she doesn't have a, like a boyfriend or a husband. So she's thinking about adopting, but she just wants to like do some trial runs of like having a mom. So like in Nathan Fielder's outlandish and ridiculous way possible, he rents out a house in Oregon. He like creates this fake world for it's kind of very Truman show esque, but mm-hmm. he creates this world for this woman. And one of the hilarious parts is for child actors in the state of Oregon, they can only work like two hours and then you got, you have to, you have to change them out. So like for this lady, he sets up the scenario where fake child actors are coming in every two hours to like be her fake kid. And the way they set it up in the show is like every two days, I think is like five years or something like that. So the babies are getting older as the days are going on and they're literally okay. like going through the windows, taking kids out in and out. And again, That's the fun. humor is in like just the ridiculousness of this rehearsal. And then it, and then in the rehearsal, there's a bunch of shenanigans. They find a guy to like play the husband, but he turns out to be a total nut. And it's all real, supposedly. Supposedly, this is all real. Uh, and then it turns out that the lady doing this is a, ter- a total nut. And you, you find that out pretty early on with it. So Nathan kind of interjects himself as the pretend dad in the, in the situation. And then again, that's kind of funny. But the last episode... It's like a six-season episode. It goes on, and it just gets more outlandish, and it gets more crazy. But the last episode is kind of like this self-reflection of like, oh, no. we like this is, this is not really gone the way that we thought. One of the child actors doesn't have a dad and thought Nathan 
fielder was his dad from the playing pretend. Wait, what? Yeah. And so it takes this weird turn where like Nathan has to go to this child actor's house and be like, I'm not, it's like a, it's a, like a four or five year old, I would guess. I don't know. And he has to like, he's like talking to the mom, like, are you helping solve this? And she's like, yeah, I tell him that you're, that it was just pretend. And this poor kid can't differentiate. Like he didn't know what child acting was. And I get done watching this Roush and I'm like, holy, like that wasn't funny. Like that kid is going to be messed up beyond belief. And not only like, and my wife was like, I think you're overreacting a little bit. He'll be fine. I'm sure they offered him therapy. Like he'll, he'll be all right. And I was like, maybe so. I hope so. Fingers crossed. He'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But even if he is okay, he's going to have this complete and total meltdown as a four or five year old where he was confused who his dad was. He just wanted, I think he just wanted a father figure in his life. So, and his life was so much better in this make pretend play house. And the, he lives in like this, you know, a mobile home manufactured home, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can tell like it's, it's a much better life when he's playing pretend. But right. I was just like, this, this kid's going to have that documented for people to see on HBO Max for the rest of his life. I was like, you know what? Like th- now that I was thinking about it, and then the wife was telling me that like the child acting industry is a huge controversy, and it never really made me cl- it never really clicked for me. But she was like, think how many child actors ended up growing up and kind of being a little goofy or like had some issues. A lot of them. A ton of them, Scooch. Like, there's a. It made it just blew my brain open to the industry of child acting, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I has anybody else ever thought about that? I'm sure you have. The way Scooch answered that made me think he has. But like, I guess I never really put two and two together that you're asking a ton out of a kid to differentiate real world from fake world. And this poor kid, that mom, I, she shouldn't be in jail. That'd be an overreaction. But shame on her for even putting her kid in that situation being so impressionable but roush did you know about like the the controversy surrounding childhood actors i mean i just didn't think of it in that way like the i always believe that that they could at least differentiate between what's real and what's fake but i i I just never thought that that was yeah i just I i never thought of it as like method acting that could mess them up because they would be so consumed by that world. Yeah, I just, I, I never thought of it from that aspect. I thought they were just messed up because, uh, or a lot of child actors had kind of strung out lives because they had so much early success that they didn't really know what to do next or how to sustain that uh, because they had been propped up so high for so long. I thought that was more the detriment, not like necessarily just differentiating between what's what's real and what's not the the only example you all need to look at to know that this is the case is the olsen twins i mean have you all have you all seen the olsen twins lately and what they're up to they still got their money they are scary looking though yeah but they they got in trouble though way too many drugs but and that's and that's what i that's what i feel like is a big issue with child actresses or actors because they grow up and it's like you get you're, to be in your twenties, and you're so damn tired all the time because you've been acting your whole life. You've also just—that's like of all the child actors, you could have used so much better than the Olsons because, like, they while they haven't done anything as adults, they also—I don't think they've gotten into much trouble at all. Like, they they, not. 
throwing out casual drug allegations. As right. Like maybe the Corey's like Corey Haim. He was one that like OD'd pretty early in life. Like there's many others that you could have chosen from better than that. Scoots. Sorry. It, no, Monday. Don't, don't, don't apologize. Scoots. Monday. Macaulay Culkin. I thought it was a good one. I think that's where everybody's mind goes first and foremost yeah. Scoots uh, for what it's worth. But I, I was talking with the wife about that Roush. I was like, I even think it's a little different in this scenario with Nathan for you because when they were acting, quote unquote, it was just like they were playing dad, mom, and kid. So like mm-hmm. the acting was just like be a kid, you know, be a four year old. Like boom, you're playing the part pretty perfectly. It was you a don't terrible even need thing. to memorize lines. You yeah, know. it was a terrible thing for the mom to do. Like knowing that she was a single parent, which I have a ton of respect for single parents. But like she should have maybe known that this was going to be a little too impressionable, or just hey, do you know what acting is? child oh you don't know what acting is you're playing pretend but he couldn't you know his brain was just too small he's too underdeveloped to be able to like separate it i think a difference between that and movies or like sitcoms is like okay cut cut okay we need you to do it this way actually or you need to do it this way where there weren't really cuts and breaks in this in this doc or in this documentary or at least in this film where if you're in a movie I would hope even if you're five or six, you're real. Like there's so many cameras, there's so many people and you're stopping every three minutes and you're doing that for like three hours. I would hope that maybe they could differentiate that between it. But even for, but even for that, I'm sure it's probably hard. And then Roush, what you said is totally true. And it, it probably for a lot of folks is a combination of it. One, just like mentally, you never really got to grow up or you really never had a real quote unquote childhood. And then two, you're always at that point, like that's your career. Now you need to go chase more jobs and maybe you're acting as a four year old. Isn't really what you're doing as a 14 year old. You see that all the time as well. I I didn't, I just, I don't know. I must've been totally blind and naive to the entire industry, but it really does make you think. And it's, now, anytime that I see like a four-year-old in a movie or on TV, I'm going to think totally different of the whole situation. If you want to feel better about child acting, there was a uh, Frankie Muniz did an interview with part of my take like a month ago. And he he's about as well adjusted as it gets as far as child acting goes. And he had a, he had a crit, like he was the one who he drove the pace car for the Daytona 500 when Dale Earnhardt died. And I want to say he like, told dale earnhardt that he had passed or something crazy like that like he he lived a different kind of childhood that is that that is uh yeah i I didn't know that i'm sure a lot of it it does come back on the parents like what are you what are you doing to combat it are you you can't you gotta kind of keep things in perspective and check for them but man it was uh yeah, and I, how I much still, are you trying to take advantage of them or something like that? You know, that, that's still, happened plenty of times. I still recommend the show, and I almost recommend it like differently just to see the end episodes of just like you'll you you will feel horrible for this poor little kid. And then I also, while I will continue to watch his stuff, and I still think he's really really funny. Huge swing in the in a miss on on the way all this played out for Nathan Fielder, and he's a little bit of like a weirdo too. I think um, it is an interesting he, social experiment, though. Like that feels like a good idea, but at least he had the wherewithal to be like, "Ooh, we, we messed up." 
well, I don't know if he has or hasn't, but he should have never he should have never played the dad once the other dad bailed, quote unquote dad. Everybody's just kind of playing in these roles. But uh, that's another thing too is just like these people he finds. Again, it's supposed to be all real, and it's just like these people will just have sentences that are nonsense. Like they just don't make sense, and they'll be like smiling and shaking their head as if like. Nathan's supposed to just go along with it. And it's just so weird that these people exist in the world. I don't know. It's a very interesting show. I've thought about it for a little while. And at the end of the day, isn't that what like entertainment's supposed to do? Make mm-hmm. you think, although it makes me think that he's a little bit of a weirdo. Um, Before we get to our, our final break, TJ, I did just want to do a quick follow up from Friday's show because we spent a good amount of time talking about the Manti Teo doc when you were out. Uh, Scoots, that's all my friends wanted to talk about this weekend, too. And they are very – you had some sympathy for the catfisher. I had less, but I had some. They had absolutely none. And, like, <laughs> we're just, like – like, one of my friends said that he got angry watching it because this person was such a piece of garbage. I mean, that's fair, I guess. Just a lot of takes. I, I, I wasn't sure – how well received but it it has been one of those things where pretty much everybody i've been with has talked about it and that's all they could do is talk about it did you watch it tj i still haven't i still haven't watched it i I plan plan on it i I do um but haven't gotten around to it just yet it's been a big tv week oh no kidding no no doubt about it we're gonna well we're after the show we're gonna talk about game of thrones uh the House of Dragon premiere last night. That's going to be on Kentucky Thrones Radio. That podcast. We'll have a nice little chat. You can we can, you can hear all of our takes, TJ and as right there uh, a little bit later this afternoon. Yeah, I was, that was exactly where I was going. Is that I know there were some listeners that are like, "You're going to talk about this Nathan for you show or Manti Teo for all this time, and you're not even going to mention House of the Dragon." That's because we're going to talk about it for like twenty or thirty minutes once we get off the air. So that next texture says Kentucky Thrones Radio for House of the Dragon. You best believe it. It's happening. And then quite literally, maybe the longest text in the history of Kentucky Roll Call next on the text line. Uh, I could probably start it right now. We could come back after the break and I'd still be I'd still be reading this text message. We'll get to it when we return. Tony Bennett and Scott Drew in there. What the hell? One final segment and (laughs) one ginormously long text message. And then a lot of average and normal size text messages coming up when we return. One final segment, KRC on a Monday. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I think I was in love once. Really? What was her name? I don't remember. That's not a good start, but but keep going. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. Believing for so long. I'm all out of love. <sighs> you know what I'm in love with, TJ Walker? Salsaritas. Oh, falling in love head over heels over there. Fresh guacamole, their tasty queso. I like that you can get tacos and nachos. They're wildly addictive chips. 
burrito bowls, quesaritos. They've got it all. And if you have a party coming up, maybe you getting the fellas together for a fantasy football draft or, you know, college football right around the corner. Salsaritas catering. It's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Download the app. Get some Salsaritas bucks before you go. They'll even bring it right to wherever you're having your event. Salsaritas is convenient. It's delicious. It's the best. Check them out today at one of their two locations, one in St. Matthews on Hubbard's Lane and one in Middletown on Shelbyville Road. Salsaritas, it's the best. Yep, it really is. You will not be disappointed. It's, uh, I'm already hungry. I could see myself going to Salsaritas in just a few hours. A texter on the Thornton's text line was doing some research because I had nothing to do on a lazy Sunday, but I find it hilarious how quickly narratives change in college basketball, especially with how it pertains to Calipari. People want Scott Drew, but seem to gloss over that he's only been to one Final Four and hadn't made an Elite Eight before that since 2012 when they lost to UK. People think Tony Bennett's God's gift to humanity, but he is the worst tournament loss of all time. He won the title the next year, which was arguably the luckiest tournament run ever, and now he's a great coach. That really was a totally, totally lucky tournament run from Virginia. They were a good team, but some of the ways they won those games, including that Final Four game against Auburn, that was wild. And the Elite Eight game against Purdue. Uh, Coach K lost to Mercer in 2014 and then won it all the next year. Bill Self consistently had embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss until he finally won another championship this year. Jay Wright was notorious for underachieving, but now he's considered one of the all-time greats. My point is that things can change in an instance. For all of the people who think Cal's time has passed, every single coach in the country has had down years. The elite always bounce back, and there's no reason to think Cal won't have his back at the top of the mountain very, very soon. People forget if we won the Tennessee game, then we would have been a one seed with a completely different bracket. The tournament is just weird way to crown a champion. That's as simple as that. I agree with everything you said, Texter. Yeah, it, but like, I, I think the important thing to this Texter's point is that you do need to bounce back. And the thing is, is those guys did win their, they did bounce back and they did end up winning to change those narratives. And as you said, if you beat the Tennessee game, if you went on a high note, then things do change. Things are different, but they didn't. They didn't win that game. They didn't win the SEC tournament, and they didn't get that one seed. So now it's up to Cal to change that narrative with another big year this year. And if history's, if history's any indication, looks like a championship coming right up. Thanks, Scoots. You just continue with the jinxes. You have no That's shame. not a jinx. You got, not a lot jinx. Of, you got a lot of growing up to do. Not now. a jinx. You got a lot of growing up to do. Now, all that being said, um, you all are – you all – you're hopefully you're right, Scoots, but – Roush, you are right. Like I, I come back to that all the time. That like the tournament is so hard, is so random. It is such a wonky way to determine the best team in college basketball. And as this texture mentioned, every great coach has an embarrassing mark on their tournament resume because it's set up for you to it, it's set up for you to fail. It's set up for you to be embarrassed. It's set up for you to have some bad losses. That being said. Kentucky fans, I think, can be understanding and accommodating. Some are totally irrational and unreasonable from the get-go. But 2015 was a long time ago for a Final Four. So you do need to go back. It is hard. It is wonky. But you're you're there to, to figure that stuff out. And I think Kentucky fans can and have, can excuse things, 
give a pass uh, using air quotes around that word. But 2015 was a while ago, so you need to get back to it. Everybody's on the same page of that. And as Scoot says, it does look like you've got the team to do it this season. I'm on a bachelor party, says one texter, and they're playing the instrumental of Harder Than You Think, which is the music tone of your all's intro. Felt like I just discovered my firstborn child, not just good times, but great times. Oh, get get the lyrics on it, too. And Flavor Flav is like, we're Puma coming to be number one in New York. Like, it just, it's awesome. And Chuck D's great. Like, public enemy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, my buddy says that we're really dragging our feet on the podcast, Roush. Dragging our feet? If you think we're dragging our... Oh, yeah. yeah. Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? I you, did like that. Yeah, there you go. We'll have to make that joke on the podcast. <laughs> Do you think that the SEC will get a chance to renegotiate the media contract since they made it before Oklahoma and Texas announced to join? Actually, I'd written that down as something we could talk about today, Roush. Just the Big Ten's media deal and how it's so much better than the SECs. I was wondering if you knew the answer to this text. Um, I I actually don't think it's dependent on them joining. The way that people report about it, it sounds like it's more likely to happen if they add a ninth game on the SEC schedule. So the, the, it's less about Oklahoma and Texas joining and more about more conference games for ESPN because that would, in theory, add to their inventory of games. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, um, but well, you know. we, we we may need to put a pin on that for tomorrow because there's there's plenty to get to there. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, thoughts on Virginia Tech joining? If there's more realignment, I feel like the addition would be a great way to tap into the southern half of the Northeast market. I, I, I think I, the, the problem is that grain of rights, TJ, because like it, yes, it would make sense, but ACC teams feel like they're kind of off limits for the next ten years or so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with how the ACC shakes out. It's legalities that obviously I don't really have a clue about, and it seems pretty ironclad for the most part, but you you best believe that Florida State and Clemson and Virginia Tech, even, heck, maybe in North Carolina, they'd love to bounce if possible, but it does seem kind of tricky. I've always thought Virginia Tech would be a hell of a lot better addition than Missouri ever was, to, to be honest with you. I think Virginia Tech could be a good add. I North Carolina just doesn't do it for me. Duke can get the hell out of here. I don't even, from a basketball standpoint, that's meaningless to me. Uh, I I think NC State would be the best bang for your buck that you could get, but I know that's kind of a hot take. We'll see. We'll see what they do. Yeah, but that that was big news at the end of last week. Uh, all the realignment bucks pouring into the Big Ten. It's ah. And I, I would uh, – TV. the big fish still, if you're the SEC, is Notre Dame. And it's that way for the Big Ten. They want Notre Dame as well. But th- that's option one, and I-, I think the SEC will will adjust based on when they get a final answer from Notre Dame. That's just my guess. A texter says, JCPS still having a mask mandate for their schools is absolutely absurd. No surrounding counties or Catholic schools are enforcing it. What is happening? How much more info needs to come out that the boop and those silly masks do nothing to slow the spread of COVID? Uh, they're by doing it, they'd have to kind of admit that they were wrong, and uh, they're not going to do that. What's what's the boop slang for? Is that a vaccine? The vaccine, yeah. Oh. Hmm. 
I haven't heard that one before. You've never heard the boop? I think people have talked about it on our text line before. Yeah, TJ I just said think the of, boop. I, I, when I hear boop, I think of petting a dog. Boop. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you effing losers that get mad at Cal for saying, I haven't seen him, need to grow up. I'll never understand why it bothers you so much. Well, I'm not going to get back into this. I, too, will never understand why it bothers people so much. But uh, I think it comes from a place of just some bias against Calipari. I think it's not about bias against Calipari and more about just being annoyed with it. Like, because that's not like an, it's just, it's just, it's so, like, I get Cal, I I get it. You're not going to say who it is. But like you have to do that way. Like, come on. It just it's very frustrating. I just think that sentence is funny. It's not so much a bias against Calipari, it's just being annoyed with it. Yeah. Very it's just a it. it's just which, a weird way to say things. Which, I think which, is what Rouse is trying to say. Like no. if, if any if I had to cover any coach that said that, it would drive me crazy. I had to listen to all of his press conferences and we're trying to like the one bit of news could be some sort of injury update, and that's what we get. You act like it's like every press conference. And just by be, saying it's annoying is inherently a bias. But, but like uh, I can hate that he says that and like John Calipari. Yeah, you can be annoyed. You, know? you, 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 you certainly can. Um, but it'd still be a bias of annoyance. But splitting hairs with the whole thing. And it's also not like he says it every press conference. Although, if it, if it made people freak out this much, just like a simple sentence that is so unthreatening, I'm I'm right there with them. I would do it every press conference. I would mess with the dweebs like you, Roush, just to get you all triggered. Question concerning Nil in reference to the Big Ten TV deal. Outside of Mitch Barnhart and maybe the conference being greedy, why shouldn't the SEC incorporate Nil collective language into the TV contract guaranteeing some sort of Nil money for appearance on the broadcast, in-game TV, guarantees uh, the best and maybe the the best and maybe all players would view the SEC as the place to be. I see issues when you look at it at a per sports basis, women versus men, but aren't we all just heading towards colleges giving a percentage of revenue back to players? This gets in front of it before someone unionizes. And now that I've said all this, I'm more certain than Mitch Barnhart sucks. That's a really big, big, big text line thinking there. Like That's a genius idea. I, I don't know why they wouldn't do that or or not, uh, but that's well, I, I know why they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it because that's taking money out of their pockets. And to, yeah, to but any it's, of a, these... it's, a, it's a good idea to, Hey, this could make us even more competitive. Like who wouldn't want to play in the sec if we all not only are the best conference just off the get go, but now like we're, you're promised some money. If just by committing to us, it is a genius idea. Yeah. But it, it's, it's also like, because C.J. Stroud, I think, was the one that mentioned it on the heels of the Big Ten deal, like the players didn't get a cut of it. This is the next big boogeyman, though. There's no doubt about it, um, that that they should be getting some of the cut that the schools do because it's an absurd, obscene amount of money. But I just – I, I when, when, when big institutions like universities start turning down money, like that'll be a – like I, I do feel like it's something like unionizing or something to that effect that has to push them in that direction. I don't think they're just going to willingly give over that money to players for nil stuff just because. Well, it's you know to it's marketing, it's business one hundred and one. To be competitive, you need to think outside the box. This is a good idea. You're right that they like their money. 
but I also think you could even just do a little kickback and it, it could it could be a big headline more than it really puts anybody in the red or anything well, like that. But I, I and, and right now what they would say is you give them an inch, they take a mile. Um, that would be the argument against it. But they're they're probably their overall selling point right now in the SEC is like our kids are just doing are doing fine just now without nil. We don't need to give them any money. Like the 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 how long will people be just content with nil before we start going back like to, to wanting more? I, I I don't know how long because I think you and I can both agree, TJ, that this was like the most bare minimum concession that the NCAA was willing to make to like salvage something. Um, and I, I just don't know how long that's going to appease folks before they go back at the NCAA some more for what this texter brought up. Well, then that's that's why. And again, the NCAA dragged their feet on it so much that the colleges and conferences just went around them basically and told them to catch up. It'll probably be a similar situation like this. And Texter, to your point, it'll probably it, you know a small conference is probably going to be the ones to jump yeah. on that first, just to try to do whatever they can to look a little bit more appealing. But you're onto something there, and it's something that I guarantee in the next few years is going to be discussed, talked about, and will end up being a big deal. So I think it's better to try to get ahead of the curve than playing catch-up on that stuff. But if Mitch Barnhart has any say about it, it'll be 2052 before they even think about something like that. John here. Good morning to all. Wow, Mr. Briscoe has won back-to-back championships now with the Big Three League. That is awesome. I had a great weekend. I got the new bowling ball, and I bowled a 233 in a game with it. That's awesome, John. 233 is amazing. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Still have not found clubs just yet for the scramble, but don't worry. John Happy Nicholas is coming down to stomp some mud holes with the competition. I'm not sure if that's a – got to go talk to you later. Hopefully no mud holes on Elk Run. Uh, they're, they're, they're a nice club, so I doubt we'll have any mud holes there. Yeah, avoid. Let's avoid the rain. Accuracy versus arm strength. Must have missed it. Can you guys break that down for us? That's a good text. Yeah, that is a good text. It's funny. Um, I, oh, this is interesting. I'm proposing to my girlfriend this weekend and cannot get her to where I need her to be asked. Any advice from you or Roush on how to convince her without making it too obvious? Feel free to discuss on the show. I, well, it depends where you're trying to get her. Yeah, no. Like I, I, I went to a restaurant. It was pretty easy. Like, yeah. let's go eat food. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of where he, they could be going. That'd be difficult to, like to get them was, there. Like, she doesn't want to go to the lake or something this weekend, and you're trying to do that? Like, I don't... He wants to ask her at church, and she doesn't want to go to church this weekend. That's she wants to sleep it. in. That's not it. Uh, another thing is always going the friend route, but you can't... I, I would suggest maybe not having the best friend, though, because that also may be a little suspicious. So... Uh, you could go behind her back, get it kind of planned where other people are setting it up and you're just kind of going along with it. And then boom, you pull out the ring, mm-hmm. but let us know where maybe we could, we could help you out more, but that's very exciting. Congrats. Uh, well, you know, I'll say congrats maybe after they say yes, but congrats on making that decision up to this point. 
I have two concerns that make Nick's former boss crazy. Levis didn't prove to be an accurate enough passer deep in the middle and intermediate routes last season to be so sure this season. Louisville has a legit chance to beat us this year for reasons we played them the week after the Georgia game. If we win, we could be flat, and if we lose a close one, it may carry over. Also, that's a physical game to bounce back to from play a team that feels pissed off with us. They played Clemson the week before, for what it's worth, for – so if Kentucky's dealing with anything from a Georgia letdown, Louisville has NC State and then Clemson, they finished with their three toughest games of the season to end. So if if you feel that way about Georgia, you got to have some sort of semblance of that way with Louisville. Right. That all being said, I, I think Louisville will be closer. I don't think Kentucky wins by 30 this year. Right. But it's still Kentucky should still – they can play a C-plus game and I still think win by, by a possession, two possessions. Yeah, and on Will Levis, uh, if you include middle, like he was good at intermediate. It was the deep that was an issue. Um, I I know you probably saw Luckett and I both tweet out um, college football film room. I think is the Twitter account that had a breakdown of like where his completion percentage was because there was at one point last year where he went like five or six games without completing a pass. Through that, that that sailed twenty yards through the air downfield. Like his his just deep ball accuracy was off. In in between that twelve to you know eight to fifteen yards, he was on the money. It's that that deep stuff that he's really really got to work on uh, this fall. A texter says Maroney. They called those no show jobs on the Sopranos. What's the big dealio, my 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 Goombas? Uh, I don't know what a Goomba is, but I like that word. I mean, he's Goomba just, is one of the people from N64. Yeah, the Mario that you smash on. It's also Italian. So. Ah, didn't know yeah. that. Yep. Uh, TJ, TJ's mic is hard to listen to. He's distorted, loud. Sounds like my speaker is blown when he's talking. Scooch says it wasn't that way. I didn't hear it, but I did I reach out. It. I did reach out to this texter. He says it's a lot better since you switched mics. So that's there. Great. You have it. Uh, Texter says a fart teacher. What's that? Ah, but um, a texture says, don't feel bad, Roush. Crown molding is usually done by trim carpenters who are near the top of the craft skill wise, second only to cabinet maker. Sub it out. That's that's good to know. The the fact that the wood, like it's not you just don't line up the wood and punch it in, it's at an angle, just too too difficult, too tricky. So th- thanks for the, the tip there, Texture. Getting a few new doors for my house. Doors. Expensive. Yep. Sheesh. Exterior I, doors or interior? A uh, little this, a little that. So, yeah, I, I just can imagine how expensive an exterior door is. It's not. Especially for the... Oh, and then like learning the in-swing, right-handed doors, left-handed doors, in-swings, out-swings. Pretty easy, but at first, confusing. Stuff I can you always, just don't think about until yeah, you have to go buy one. Yeah. No doubt. I can only imagine one thing better than last night's premiere of Hot D, and that is a crisp Saturday morning breeze blowing the droplets of cold golden nectar across the top of my Bud Light before a night kickoff at Kroger Field. What a time to be alive. Oh, football fever. It's alive and well, baby. On my third concern, oh, my third concern is that Scangarello is going to limit Levis running the ball, which I think greatly limits what he brings offensively. Well, Liam Cohen did for about half the season last year until they were like, oh, we really need to do that against this team, and he did it against LSU. So, yeah, the it wouldn't is, be the first time. You, you, you got to also remember, Texter, if Levis goes down, 
you go from thinking 10 wins, nine wins to like bulk game. Yeah. Like <laughs> and there's truth to that. So you do have to be careful with Levis, but he also is a weapon in the run game. So I wouldn't doubt as exactly everything Roush just said. It's similar to Cohen where, yeah, Levis will take off in some early games if he has to, but the game plan won't be Levis running till either one, they have to in a game to come back and win or probably more likely later in the season where if he were to get banged up, it wouldn't be the absolute end of the world. Or your whole season wouldn't be ruined. Maybe right, just right. Game or two, you got to figure some stuff out. A text went, says, what? Oh, go ahead, Rush. Went to see TJ's team on Friday. It was an interesting game. A lot of big plays. One st- player stood out from Owensboro. They have a really good wide receiver in number five. He ran routes well and had great hands. St. X offensive line was good in the run game. Their center had some errant snaps. They cleaned that game up. It's a blowout. That was from Mook. I'm um, glad you went, went over to Poplar Level Road. Hope you had a good time. Looked like a great crowd. And uh, Tigers got the win, although they were down. I, I just read the recap, but uh, glad they got the win. The uh, game of the week might have been Madison Central hosting LCA, and they end up winning with like 22 – it was less than 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, and a kid catch three touchdown passes for him. But uh, Cutter Bowley, the quarterback, he uh, he was slinging it out there. Zach had a uh, a video of him doing the they, – they did like a double reverse flea flicker, and he, it was just a beautiful 50-yard bomb to his receiver. That kid, kid's a player. Trinity got a big win at Carmel. That's big yep. for them as well, so congrats to the Rocks. A texter says, David Targaryen was the best character in the book and looks like he will be in the show. Says one texter. A texter says, maybe if UK media was better at their job, they could get Cal to say what's going on. Boom. Uh, Will not stand stand for Jerry Tipton slander. He is retired. He's a legend. How dare you? That's true. People wouldn't have to ask Cal what the injuries were if people just knew if you had better sources. I think they're just mad they can't crack the code. Okay, we're out of time. Roush and I are going to talk a little House of the Dragon and uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., to talk sports and whatever else Scoot's got on his brain. Nothing. (laughs) I got nothing on my brain. You heard it there first. Everybody have a great Monday. Thanks for texting into the show. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll see you on Tuesday.